time for the latest in sports debate. The hottest topics, the biggest question marks, answered right now. This is The Critical Eye with Erie Sports Now's Isaac Petcash. Well, I have been told that nothing happens in the middle of the week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all those days you can sit back, relax on your couch, not worry about any catastrophic or incredible news. And you can just wait till Friday, the weekend, and the Monday after to worry about that big breaking news that you would expect. Well, whoever came up with that statement needs to be fired. Welcome into an emergency edition of the Critical Eye podcast. Isaac Petcast, Jovan Johnson, our Erie Sports Now insider, Northeast Great Picker High School football head coach joining us. We weren't planning an episode today. Uh, in fact, uh, as I was preparing for this week, I was getting ready to to do an episode on Wednesday. We we're going to talk high school basketball playoffs. We were going to talk coaching vacancies. We were going to talk about free agency in the draft. But that came one day early because we have a lot of breaking news to get to, as you would know. The first news of the day came a little earlier on this Tuesday at around noon Eastern, and it was reported by the Pat McAfee show that Aaron Rodgers is indeed staying with the Green Bay Packers, Jovan. The rumored deal is four years, $200 million, although Rodgers has denied that he has signed any deal at all to this point. But a pretty shocking development, Jovan, because I, I think there was a, a really steadfast belief that Rodgers was going elsewhere after their divisional round exit to the Niners. What'd you make of the news? I mean, I think it seems like to me that Aaron Rodgers held the Green Bay Packers hostage. And, you know, his antics from last year uh, with the COVID stuff and, you know, not reporting to training camp and holding out and just the way that he kind of handled the situation. I think he held them hostage going into the offseason this year to enforce that they pay him what he wanted to get paid. I mean, yes, they, they lowered the number. Uh, for his cap hit for the first year. But going in and giving him a four-year deal worth $200 million, um, and a more majority of that guaranteed, I think it was a, reported out it was $153 million of that guaranteed. You may, he, he basically, um, you know, against the cap, is going to really take up a lot of money and is not going to allow them to sign guys like Devontae Adams, um, the linebacker that was uh, coming into free agency. There's a lot of different pieces that they need in order for Green Bay to be successful. And with them paying Aaron Rodgers that kind of money, I think it, it really makes them uh, put them behind the eight ball. You know, Jovan, here's my problem with Aaron Rodgers. I think this deal epitomizes to the core what Rodgers is in Green Bay. He is a wildly talented athlete, one of the most, if not the most sought-after quarterback I think we could we could say in the last decade. I mean, I don't think there was any quarterback news that I had think, thought of in the last 10 years that had been more dramatic and more interest than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, again, every team in the NFL should have been making calls to Green Bay. But here's the problem with Rodgers. Sometimes when you're wildly talented, you've got all the money and all the fame, you tend to think you're invincible. And sometimes you shoot yourself in the foot too many times, and before you know it, you've got a broken foot. 
You know, when, when I look at Aaron Rodgers in this deal, Jovan, I think two things. I think, number one, he's a very smart guy. He dragged this out. He essentially forced Green Bay to give him what he wanted. And I also think it's a smart idea because, as we're going to get to in a couple of minutes, the NFC has just about two solid quarterbacks in the entire conference, maybe three. There is not a lot of quarterback depth in the NFC and it just got a lot weaker today. But this is where Rodgers shoots himself in the foot. And this is the frustrating thing if you're a Rodgers fan or a Green Bay Packer fan. Rodgers had an opportunity to take less money, to leave more on the table, to get his team out of salary cap hell, a team that's still almost $45 million over the cap and we're nearing free agency period. But the arrogance of the man, say what you want about him, whether you believe the COVID shenanigans that went on, whether you agree with him, whether you disagree with him with the COVID things, whether you think he's arrogant or whether you think he's trustworthy. This was a chance to help the team. And instead, Rodgers went the other direction. Now, Jovan, I also am old enough to remember a quarterback named Tom Brady who would consistently take less money to help the team. And this is the problem, in my opinion. What do the Packers do from here? Because you still have to figure out a way to clear that much cap room even with Rodgers resigned. Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, with Rodgers resigning for that type of dollar amount, um, they're going to have to really limit themselves to draft picks, guys that could come in. They're going to have to trade away some guys. Jordan Love, I think, is going to be one of those guys on the trade block. Um, but they're going to have to make some moves, and they're going to have to find a way to be able to keep Devontae Adams in Green Bay. Um, and with Aaron Rodgers taking that that type of contract, I think it's almost nearly impossible for them to re-sign Devontae Adams. And that's why they franchise-tagged him for a year, just to keep him there and keep Aaron Rodgers happy. But after next season, I don't think Devontae Adams will be a Green Bay Packer any longer. Well, and that's the other news, Jovan. I'm glad you brought that up because this was breaking news piece number two of the day. We'll get to the biggest piece in just a couple of minutes, but... Devontae Adams has been franchise tagged by the Green Bay Packers. That is the stud wide receiver staying with Aaron Rodgers. I believe the news broke just a couple of minutes after the Aaron Rodgers decision. Uh, Jovan, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, I understand to an extent why Devontae Adams made this decision, but how can this be a good thing if you're 17 for the Green Bay Packers? I mean, you said it. All this does is prolong the inevitable. So, so yeah, you get the Rodgers-Adams reunion, but I don't think this is a good path for Green Bay for a couple of reasons. Number one, you're going to lose mainly all of your talent, specifically in the defensive side. And number two, what did we say all year with the Pittsburgh Steelers? When you don't have a succession plan to a star quarterback, things start great and end ugly. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I, I 100% agree with you. Unless they go out and can find or do some research on the guy that they can draft and uh, bring in in the late rounds, which is, is almost impossible. Um, but, you know, they're going to be able to, to win some games this upcoming season um, because they have a very good offense. Um, they're going to be able to win with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And then, then they have some good running backs. Uh, but, when you don't have a recession plan like the Pittsburgh Steelers, when Aaron Rodgers does call it quits, or even after this this upcoming season, when Devontae Adams, who's going to be probably in the ballpark of $100 million, um, 
you're not going to be able to keep them, and it's it's going to be impossible. So you're going to have to find a way, and you also um, are going to have to be able to make some trades and, and try to get some guys at a lower dollar amount um, that are veteran proven guys because you can't, you can't win a championship with a bunch of rookies and the Cleveland Browns saw that, you know, with them drafting a bunch of DBs, uh, but you, you just can't do it. I mean, they don't have the experience. Uh, it takes, it, ha- it takes veteran leadership. And, uh, right now the, I think the Packers are in more trouble than they are, uh, looking forward to having success. Again, I just remember, we talked all season long about Ben Roethlisberger and the lack of succession plan, and look how that's hurting the Pittsburgh Steelers now. You, you take a look at a team that had some potential eyes on quarterbacks that have now either signed elsewhere or been traded today. You have to have a succession plan, and I understand that you can hold on to the past for a long time, but eventually the past is going to go. We saw Roethlisberger retire this year. Tom Brady retired this year. Aaron Rodgers is 38 years old. And who knows if he's going to play through this whole contract. So, listen, if you're in Green Bay right now, you're smiling, but I wouldn't smile too hard. So, Jovan, here's my question to you. Um, if this deal is what it is, $200 million over four years, it would make Rodgers the highest paid player in, in league history. Is this a Super Bowl or bust kind of a deal with Rodgers and Devontae Adams coming back? Is the only way that Green Bay could justify these two moves is to be hoisting a Lombardi Trophy next season. That's the that's I'm pretty sure that's the plan. Um, if you don't go to the Super Bowl next year, um, I think it's one of those years where you just it's a bust, and you pay the quarterback uh, top dollar who you know has won four MVPs. I think he he's you know like I said, I thought he held the team hostage, uh, but when he started to look at contracts of younger guys like. You know Patrick Mahomes, who went and got five hundred million from Kansas City, and then you got you know all these young quarterbacks getting big deals, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is sitting there, you know, towards the tail end of his career, thinking like, well, I've accomplished way more uh, than these guys. Why not pay me what these guys are making? So he really held them hostage. But uh, it's one of those years where it's going to be you make it to the Super Bowl, you can sweep it under the rug. The the uh, the signing of Aaron Rodgers. If you don't make it to the Super Bowl, then everybody's going to have question marks and, you know, they're going to be asking what if and, you know, if you not signed them and brought in somebody else. And, you know, it's just going to be one of those years. Yeah. So Green Bay's clock now begins four more years uh, reportedly with Aaron Rodgers, and then we'll see what the Packers do from there. So that was the big news of the day. And Jovan, I think we can agree that that news alone would have warranted a podcast here. But then about two hours later, arguably the biggest news of the day. Russell Wilson has been traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. Now, Jovan, this one on its face was, to me, the most surprising. I think there were about half of the experts that believed that Rodgers would stay in Green Bay. But I'm pretty sure that 90 to 95 percent of insiders in the NFL thought Wilson was going to stay put in Seattle. Clearly there was tension. You heard about everything in the offseason last year and how Wilson essentially scrubbed his go Hawks mantra for go me mantra, which I think deservedly so. Seattle got him a few pieces. Seahawks still couldn't put it together. Here's my question to you, because Jovan, I've got an opinion on this, but, but how much of this trade 
was Russell Wilson wanting out or the Seahawks' incompetence to be able to get him what he needed? Because there clearly was division, and that is what sparked, in my opinion, this trade. Yeah, I think I think at this point, Russell Wilson just wanted out of Seattle. You know, they they won early in his career. You know, won some Super Bowls. They paired him with an outstanding defense. Uh, but since those days of of the old Seahawks, they really haven't done much to ensure his success. And I think you know he's been dealing with some injuries now. Um, I just think for him, he played in in Seattle about ten years. So I think it's just time for him to move on. Um, and I think that the opportunity and the potential of the Denver Broncos with a guy like Russell Wilson at the helm is far more intriguing than Russell staying in Seattle and uh, playing with the same guys that he just played with. And that's not to discredit those guys for their uh, success and the things that they're able to do. It's just those guys are younger. They're hungry you know, paired with a great defense in Denver, and then you bring in a, a solidified quarterback, which they lacked last year, I think it makes them very competitive, but in a, a tough division. Here's, I want to piggyback off your point there, but I want to first go over the, the uh, stipulations of the trade here. Wilson has to approve this trade, uh, but many suspect that he will indeed approve the trade to Denver. The Broncos are going to get, in addition to Russell Wilson, they'll get a fourth-round pick. Here's what the Seahawks are getting. The Broncos are trading two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. They're also going to be sending quarterback Drew Locke, who was last year's starter for a large portion of the season, standout tight end Noah Fant, and defensive lineman Shelby Harris. So essentially one of your best front guys, your best tight end, and your starting quarterback, coupled with two firsts, two seconds, and a fifth. But here's where I think Joe Vaughn, to me... The reason that I believe it's more on Seattle is this. Did you happen to take a look at the AFC quarterbacks and how many there are now and how many great and talented guys there are? Let me run down the list. In the AFC West alone, your starting four quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. Then you throw in on the mix and on top of that, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. Oh, by the way, Joe Burrow, who made it to a Super Bowl. And when you look at the Broncos' offensive roster and the Seahawks' offensive roster, Joe Vaughn, I don't think they're that much of a. I don't think there's that much of a difference there. I mean, you look at Denver. Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, I think, are very good weapons. But Noah Fant's no longer there. He was traded in the Wilson deal. The Seahawks, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Oh, by the way, Gerald Everett was a top 10 tight end in terms of receptions this season. So when you have what you know to be something at least plausible in Seattle, where you know you have an easier chance, in my opinion, of making the playoffs, not that your division is easier, but the games in your conference are not as difficult. When you still have a bona fide solid offense, and you know that you have weapons to throw it to with the Seahawks. There has to be something major within your organization to say, I want out. 
And here's the thing, Jovan, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, we're talking about Russell Wilson, who for the first eight years of his career wouldn't end an interview without saying go Hawks. I mean, this was a loyal, dedicated guy. He does community and charity work outside of the, his, his time in football. I mean, there had to be something. There had to be a breaking point, you would think, for Russell Wilson to say, you know what, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, there, there's always going to be those underlying factors, things that happen behind closed doors that a lot of people don't really know anything about. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think his time in Seattle had just come to an end. You know, it, it's always better to move on when you're at wit's end instead of, you know, staying and, you know, just being loyal to an organization and, and having to deal with, you know, all of the things that come with, you know, you staying around. So, I mean, I think, there are probably some underlying factors of why he wanted out. Um, but that's between Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, I'm sure at some point it'll be talked about and and then people will better understand his decision on why he wanted to go ahead and take the deal in Denver. Let me ask you, Jovan, just from a, from a former player's perspective, how long do you think it will take him to transition into Denver? I mean, I, I think obviously in addition to the different climate, you're playing up in higher altitude. You're going to have to play in a different division. Uh, do, do you envision Denver becoming an instant playoff contender with uh, not even playoff contender? I think you could say AFC title game contender with this kind of a quarterback switch, or do you think it'll take time? I mean, I think that they instantly got better. I mean, I think if they can bring back Melvin Gordon um, from free agency and keep him around and pair him with the young running back from North Carolina that they have and the receivers that are young and talented uh, with the quarterback, uh, I think with uh, Russell Wilson coming there, I think that instantly makes them better. Hopefully uh, they can gel quickly. You know, playing in high altitude won't be easy for him unless he unless he just goes and gets accustomed to it right away. Um, but also, you know, gelling with those players is is going to be a big factor because they're they're in a very tough division with a lot of young star quarterbacks. Um, but I think they can win. I mean, I do think the roster that Denver Denver has assembled, especially with the defensive guys that they have on their roster, I think they're ready and primed to uh, get over the hump and really be a competitive team in that division. Isn't it hilarious, Jovan, that Russell Wilson leaves the division with the Niners and the Rams and the Cardinals and yet arguably has to play tougher competition in 2022 in 23 uh it's just it's the way the nfl goes but that'll be a fun division uh to look at in the afc west who do you think jovan if, if you had to pick right now who comes out of that division first in in the afc west there i mean i have to go with kansas city uh just because they've been there done that uh patrick mahomes always plays at a high level and they're going to be extremely talented again next year uh but i think the other two teams in san diego and and uh and Las Vegas Raiders, I think Denver instantly becomes the number two unless those guys can put it together and, and go out and win some games next year. But, you know, they're they're pending free agents uh, as well. So they're going to have some signings. Uh, Mike Williams in San Diego is a big target that, you know, could possibly end up elsewhere in free agency. Well, the, then, actually, Joe, Joe Vaughn, that's the other piece of news. I forgot to get to the Chargers of re-signed Williams, $60 million. 
So oh, okay. a big save, okay, a big yeah, save good. for them there. That's a that's a big sign in there, um, you know, because they got some really good receivers over there, um, and he takes the pressure off of off of Justin Herbert and, and allows him to to be the quarterback that he is because you know he has that other uh, security blanket uh, as a receiver. So that's a good that's a good signing. But I mean, I think you could toggle between Denver and San Diego as a number two. Um, I think the Raiders. They're just in a position where new head coach, um, you know, and, and a lot of pieces that just have to be better than they were last year for them to be able to, to hang in this division now. I think it's important that we put a PSA out to Steelers and Browns and Bills fans. Here's the deal, fans. Here's the deal, AFC teams. If you are not from the AFC West, you better win your division. You better be first at the end of week 18, because with there being seven playoff teams and three wildcard spots, Jovan, it's legitimately possible and I think likely that those three spots could all come from the AFC West. And, you know, listen, credit to Wilson. I mean, the confidence that this guy has to go into an AFC conference that, in my opinion, at least in my lifetime, has the best array of talent that we've seen at the quarterback position in, in maybe any generation ever. That takes a lot, and so Wilson will be at the helm of the Broncos, and we'll see what happens. I think the Seahawks also do get some credit. They did get a haul back for Russell Wilson when you get those two first, those two seconds, a third, and I think Noah Fant will be a good piece, and I think Drew Locke is at least a worthwhile backup, even if he doesn't start uh, next year. Jovan, I, I, I'm curious in terms of how you think this changes the dynamic of the AFC. Could you make the argument that I just made there that if you're a team, maybe the Steelers, Browns, Bills, you know, a team not from the AFC West, that you now might have to win your division for the next 10 years or so if you want to make the playoffs. That's a crazy thing to think about. Yeah, I mean, if you if you think about it logically, you just take last year for example. You know, if if you paired all those teams in the AFC West and they were there last year with Russell Wilson at Denver, I think Denver makes the playoffs. And I think I think only team from the AFC uh, North that makes the playoffs is the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think the the Steelers make it at all. Um, and there's just with the seven team playoff uh, format. Um, it's definitely those three wild card games in the AFC. I think they're they, for a long time going forward. They will be owned by the AFC West. Oh my goodness! What a day, Jovan! You've been in the league. Have you ever seen a day like this? I don't think I've ever seen a day where where all of these type of moves have come to fruition. Um, definitely some some shocking moves being made especially during the draft and things like that of team trading and stuff like that. But, you know, as far as like marquee players signing big contracts like this and, and, you know, news breaking trades happening, I don't think it's, it's ever been uh, this many breaking news items uh, from the NFL since I've been a player. All right. I got one more for you, Jovan, since we, I, since I think we have to talk about this just slightly, the Pittsburgh Steelers, there were rumors that they were in on Rodgers. Rumors that they had made a call about Russell Wilson. Does this change who you think the starting quarterback's going to be for Pittsburgh in 2022? Do, uh, who who do you think the Steelers now are eyeing now that these two are off the board? Oh, I think I don't think they really have 
a guy in mind at this point um, that can help them get to a Super Bowl. I think now they're going to have to be stuck with uh, a guy like the guys that they have on their roster. Um, I don't know if they they really can get that much better right now. Um, Mason Rudolph is going to be around. You know, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, but I think they're going to have to go in a draft and possibly get a guy who they feel confident enough in that could possibly lead the franchise going forward. But right now, um, unless they trade for a guy, um, I just don't know if they if they have a, another free agent quarterback that they could bring in that instantly makes them a playoff caliber team. The golden rule in the NFL, as we are seeing, in addition to don't do stupid things, Unless you gamble, then we'll suspend you for a year. Uh, R.I.P. to Calvin Ridley is get the quarterback right. And if you're Pittsburgh, even if you're Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, you look at your conference, you look at teams in front of you, and you think to yourself, oh, boy, uh, forget Super Bowl. If we want to even make the playoffs. If we even want to be competitive, you need to have the signal caller right. And the Broncos get that today. And the Packers keep theirs. Jovan, appreciate you coming on for this uh, emergency podcast. It's uh, been a wild day, man. Hopefully, hopefully things are going well for it's, you. But, it's uh, getting even wilder with Aaron Rodgers and these tweets is just getting even wilder. Listen, but. man, I I think <laughs> you know what I think if you put a if you put like a live camera on Aaron Rodgers' house, I think that would make a pretty darn good reality TV show. <laughs> you know, like you know, like the Young and the Restless. I think it could be the uh, the Aaron Rodgers Follies or something like that, and we could just have a day to day. It's almost like you know, keeping up with the Kardashians, right? You just you just stick a camera in his house, and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> yeah, it just he he just rubs me the wrong way sometimes. Like with him tweeting the fact that he hasn't signed a contract and the, the deals of the, the contract are false. It's just bringing more attention to him. And it's not even about the Green Bay Packers. It's just about Aaron Rodgers. And that that's, seems to be the kind of guy that he is because that information that he tweeted out was irrelevant because he he stated that he would be a Green Bay Packer. But the the, the contractual agreement wasn't what it was and he hasn't signed anything like that that's irrelevant listen listen i you know know what uh i understand that sometimes talent and throwing touchdowns means a lot but when ben roethlisberger who many people argue had probably the worst last three or four years of his career and yet still has more super bowl wins than aaron Rodgers, i don't know uh it's at some at some point production has to be stepped aside for results and that's why Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, though not on different planets, they uh, they win games in the postseason. And uh, and Aaron Rodgers uh, wins the likes of anti-vaxxers in some capacity. But um, again, you have your own prerogative and do what you wish with that. Jovan, man, thanks for coming on. Uh, we gotta you gotta get your board ready for the NFL draft. I mean, we're a month away, but but you gotta be ready because we're uh, we're coming fast and furious with that, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Jovan Johnson joining us as always. Man, appreciate you coming on as we finish up another Critical Eye podcast. What a day on this Tuesday. We're going to be back later this week and next week with more content. The state playoffs for basketball on the boys and girls side starts tonight. And then, of course, we get closer to the NFL draft and free agency. 
We've already seen a bunch of players move teams, including some standouts. Who is going to move next? We'll break that down in the coming weeks here on the Critical Eye Podcast. Thanks for tuning into this emergency episode. We'll see if any more news breaks. Until then, strap into your chairs, take a breather. More news is on the way. We'll see you all in a bit. Love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.